Welcome to Fiscal Therapy, the podcast where leaders in accounting share their secrets to success. I'm your host, Jodie Sitters, Community Manager for our accounting partners at MYOB. We chat to expert guests who will provide real-life examples of how you can build a successful practice. Welcome to Fiscal Therapy. Today's guest is Tyler Wise at CyberWise. Tyler is an expert in all things cybersecurity, digital asset protection, and forensic accounting. October has been Cybersecurity Awareness Month, but I tend to think that cybersecurity should be 24-7, and I'm pretty sure Tyler will think that too. So that's why he's here, so we can all chat about things cyber and why it's important for practices to understand and be protected. Welcome to Fiscal Therapy, Tyler. Thanks, Jodie. We're excited to be here. That's amazing. Thanks uh, for coming on Fiscal Therapy. I love it. Um, listen, first up, CyberWise. I love the name. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do, Tyler. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, up to 18 months ago, I was I was a practicing public accountant uh, and then the, the shift towards cybersecurity had been an organic one over the last uh, seven to eight years, to be entirely honest. And it was, um, it was just on the other side of of COVID, of course, when that's when everyone sort of makes a, a career shift um, that we sort of went in with both legs, and um, and so now basically um, it's, it's my my day job. I help a lot of accountants, um, there are a lot of our clients, but the main thing that I sort of specialise in is much like you said in the intro, uh, asset protection. There's a lot of governance and training resources that we provide, uh, open source intelligence investigations, and and still keeping my accounting hat on because we do. Uh, forensic accounting investigations as well. So, so there's a um, there's a lot there that keeps me uh, busy and interested. It's great that you've come from a practice because you really understand what they need, right? As well, it's really cool. Um, so, tell us a little bit about this: the five top things that maybe practice owners should do to ensure they can sleep at night. Yeah, and they're not too too hard. There's a lot of um, I think when we hear cybersecurity, we tend to think that it's this this big onerous. Um, topic uh, and that we've got no nowhere to start but um it's just about getting a momentum and and there's a lot of things that you can introduce and thankfully a lot of people have these introduced now but um the, the first thing as well um being an accountant i, th- I think it's an, a genuine accounting audience i don't understand having a game plan is, is a really important um component to any type of cybersecurity defense so uh, we call it instant response plan in the um, officially but but more or less it's just something that uh, a document that you can follow with key personnel who's going to do what in the event of the cyber attack um, because when, when you're in the middle of it making those decisions on the fly is, is really really difficult so just doc- documenting that down making sure that people understand their responsibilities and and what is they need to do that's that's always a, the one of the big ones that we really encourage then you start getting into some pretty easy um, technical introductions being um, you know, just a password manager is a really critical one. So you're not using those, um, not recycling your passwords. And the password manager helps you achieve the three critical components of a good password. So it needs to be long, unique, and complex. Uh, do that. Uh, and then you, you're really reducing your risk. So we've seen uh, a lot of accounts still like to store their passwords in Excel spreadsheets. And um, and even if it's password protected, it's, it's not going to cut the mustard. So use the password manager. And then Within that, um, well, not within your password manager, but dovetailing in is um, thirdly is, is using like multi-factor authentication everywhere that you can. Um, some places are still optional to turn it on, um, and some places you can still turn it off. But I know, um, especially when we're talking about data privacy, so again, a lot of accounting resources that multi-factor authentication is arbitrary, but it's something that you need to be turning on. 
uh, when it's when it is discretionary because again it, it's um, you're adding that something you have to the something you know which is your password which really uh, increases your overall security so that's a that's a really um, a really big one a really easy one both of those two are very easy um, fourth I mean and and it's, it's just to update your systems I think at the we're gone on the days where we we're worried that if we updated something would break a dependency we can update now because we're all we're all on the cloud uh, effectively. So keeping your systems up to date uh, reduces those vulnerabilities that might exist within the system being exposed and exploited, uh, and it's really easy to do. All the all the applications these days prompt you to update, so that's a nice big one. Um, and then this one's uh, sp specifically for the room. I think they'll probably agree with it. Is, is backing up. Um, I, I think with the with the migration to cloud data, we tend to think that that's not our responsibility anymore. We don't need to worry about it, uh, but we still need to make sure we're getting that data out and adhering to the old. The old principles of, of an offline and off-site backup copy. So if something does happen, it's, it's easily restored. And um, and I think that's one of the things that we sort of forget about. But again, they're, they're not difficult uh, cybersecurity defences to put in place and they can have a, um, a really positive impact. Yeah, backup. And I love that word. It's been used for a long time, but it's also really critical if something bad goes wrong, right? Um, and also probably knowing where those, um, you know, offline sort of services are getting stored as well. So if you need to get any critical sort of information, you can access that as well. I think it's probably a good thing. Um, yeah, so great five tips. I love that straight off the cuff. Um, but tell me, this is a deep, dark sort of question I'm jumping into straight away. But like, have you ever experienced a cyber attack like when you're in practice? I did, uh, yes, and so that, that's what uh, led me down this down this journey. And it was before it was a um, a big exciting thing. And, and when I called the police, they weren't really interested. Um, and at the same time, because it was still new, the um, the risk um, was was quite was quite low. So I think our we suffered a ransomware attack, uh, which was a staff member uh, clicking on a phishing email. So still the same the um, same attack styles that we see today got us back in two thousand. 14, 15, something like that long. And uh, more or less, we that's what sort of led me down this path. The police weren't interested. The ransom was only $500. And we had, um, going back to the 0.5, we'd just taken a backup. So um, we were literally um, 20 minutes um, of, uh, of without data effectively. But um, wanted to make sure that the information didn't get leaked on the, um, on the dark web. So that sort of um, was where I started to go to, to check. I didn't really know what I was doing. And um, and since then, I've sort of formalised my, my education around cybersecurity a bit more. But yeah, we definitely suffered an attack, and and it was a nice um, learning experience and a wake up call for us all. And and again, we we're very fortunate in that we got out of it with um, with no scratches. The the guys got a couple of days off work while we um, wiped the computers and restored systems, uh, but we were able to get everything back up and running without any any huge dramas. So it sounds like you were backing up, yeah. We were backing up, yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a great thing and you got out of that okay without being too unscathed, which was really good. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to talk about though and that was great that you just went straight into it and said, yep, we've, we've had it happen to us. But a lot of people don't want to talk about it. It's a bit of a taboo, you know, like sort of word um, and they are worried, you know, because of the risk to their clients and security and, you know, you're not secure enough and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, is, that, is it okay to talk about it? I mean, it seems like that's something we need to do more of. Yeah, and, and I think you're dead right. There is a... Um a real sense of embarrassment around a cybersecurity attack, and it doesn't need to be because um, you know it, it's um, it's it's a, it's never 
anyone, no one's doing it on purpose that you don't get cyber attacked because um, you wanted to, it's someone's done it, um, there's been a mistake. Um, again, it's it, the, the issue that we have, especially within the, um, the professional services industry, is that it can seem, um, it can really damage our reputation. And so people think we're not being careful with their data. And then we've, we've got this, um, this big trustworthy sort of umbrella hanging over us. And then when we suffer a cyber attack, um, we feel that's going to be taken away. And there is that, um, that fear that, like say, because you do need to disclose it now, um, you tell your clients and no one really wants to do that. And so you see a lot of people, they suffer an attack um, or we see it rather, they suffer an attack. They start the process of, of going through it, trying to resolve it. Um, and then they more or less, they put their head in the sand, just want to go away because it's all getting a bit too real. And they also don't feel supported. I think that's the big thing is that uh, when you suffer a cyber attack, there's this feeling that you're, you're alone, you're on an island and, and no one's really here to support you. But there's a huge amount of resources out there um, from the government. So, um, and I can attest to it when I when I haven't had my incident, there was there was no one to, to support me at that point. Um, but now, because unfortunately, these cyber attacks are so common, we are um, there is a lot of resources there. But it's, it's really important that people share their stories. Um, that, again, there's, there's a huge amount of resources that are available. Everyone's really willing to help, and it's and again, it's the full transparency is really the only way to move forward if you do suffer a, a cyber attack. I like that too. That the, you know everyone's getting more aware of it as well. Just talking about it, so it's um, helping. That's increasing, you know, the, the awareness, which is good. Um, so, what? Tell me, how common are cyber attacks? Yeah, they're super common. Um, so in Australia, there's one every seven minutes. Um, oh, golly. So um, yeah, so there's um, the, the threat landscape is 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 pretty dire. Uh, but at the same time, you know that they're, they're on varying scales and. When we think about, um, you know, we hear that statistic and we think it's like another latitude or a, or a Medibank, uh, Optus attack, those sorts yeah. of things, um, they're, they're very rare. And as you can see, we haven't had such significant ones this year. It was this this time last year we had that sort of trifecta. Um, but, but, yeah, generally there's a lot of fraud incidents. Um, there's, um, you know, malicious attacks. There's social engineering. So there's a whole bunch of these things that, that <clears throat> instigate um, cyber attacks. And, and, again, it's such a big, a big uh term so some people think um so if they suffered a phishing attack and then they hear a cyber attack every seven minutes they think there's a phishing attack every seven minutes um but again there, there's a whole a whole plethora of of um of risks and attacks within that so um yeah there, there is a lot and it's only going up unfortunately every day we bring more devices online which means we increase our risk and um and we also um are a little more appealing to the bad guys at the same time yeah and um, we've always got to remember that I think when we're sort of clicking on anything, right? <laughs> um, so what, yeah, it's what, very hard because the information is coming in so quick, and it's you, you think you're doing the right thing, and then you click on it, and it's it, it all just happens so fast. So um, yeah, we try and make sure people, you know, we, it's easy to do, and it's um, you know, I think I always like to lead with people that we've it's happened to us, we've done it too. So it's you can't sit on your soapbox and yeah. uh, make people feel bad. You got to let them um, fail, but at the same time, hope that they don't. And I mean, I don't know if anyone gets all of this, but the amount of trawling type, of, you know, emails I get, it's just crazy, you know, like all the time. And, and you sort of just sometimes just go, wow, what is all this? You know, people must be spending so much time just trying to activate um, these sorts of things as well. So, you know, the other side of it. So um, Yeah, so- and it's, it's huge. You think like ChatGBT that's really facilitated yeah. the improvement of those sorts of attacks as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
I love to throw a bit of chat GPT in there, that's for sure. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about that lately too. I love it. Um, so, listen, say what if a, if a, if a, pro, uh, sorry, if a practice, um, you know, has, a, has an attack of some sort, what's the, like, the, the formal process for them um, if they experience something like this? Yeah, so there's a um, there's a whole whole uh, range of exercise they need to go through. Um, you are given time to get your um, to, to try and address what what has just happened, but the, you do need to notify your clients uh, if you've suffered a cyber breach, um, and you should also contact the um, the OAIC, so um, the Australian Information Commissioner, to notify them because if if you don't and the inf- and they find out about it, you'll be in a in a bit of pain. Um, and then also contact the Australian Cybersecurity Centre because they have resources to help and um, that they will help guide you through it and, and potentially help you recover your, your information. But, yeah, if you do suffer an attack, first thing first is to try and identify um, what what caused it. Um, is it still in, in, in the systems uh, and, and propagating potentially or certainly, um, you know, is, is, the, is the payload still active is really what you're looking for. Once you've um, eradicated that, you know, you can, and you've got your systems clean, uh, then you can move into that that recovery phase and, and making sure that you are disclosing the attack, uh, which is always the the most difficult part for any business, um, but especially when we're thinking about the accounting industry because we, there's tax on others, dates of birth, sometimes there's um, passport photos, there's a whole bunch of personal identifiable information. So it's a little more than just um, that email you sent me has has been leaked. Sometimes you've, you've really got someone's identity at at, at risk so um that's that's the bit that is probably the most difficult and the one that people sort of a bit like a kid when they've done something wrong they don't want, don't want to tell mum and dad last so that, yeah. that's basically what the clients become <laughs> i love that it's, it's sort of a little bit like your um number one point that you came up with with your action plan right having that down and uh, having that having that on your list having to tell mum and dad as well yeah i <laughs> <Yes. laughs> love it so, listen, uh, you talked about something before earlier that tweaked my um, interest and it was um, it was the dark web. So, um, I've never been there. It sounds a bit scary. It sounds like some something you'd find somewhere you'd find like Darth Vader or the Joker or someone, you know, hiding behind the corner. Um, like, tell me a little bit about it. Do you know much about it? I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. But it's yeah, I, I hate the term. It seems so cheesy. Um, the, the dark web, um, but but it's more or less. Uh, it, it's I'll probably butcher the the definition, uh, but it's more or less like a, a place for anonymous activity, um, and it's not crawled by the open web. So by that, Google doesn't index it. Um, so, so there's a lot of activity there. Um, so it's a bit different from the from the deep web, which is um, also non-crawled, but thinking think things like some private forums and and web apps. Um, so it's not always a bad place. The the dark web gets term gets thrown around a lot. Um, there's a lot of posit- positivity for it um, okay. for highly censored countries and regions, um, but it is also where criminals are most active, and that is where we have to go in order to obtain the leaked information to make sure our clients are safe. Um, or where we have to go if we need to negotiate on behalf of the client with the with the cyber attacker. Um, so you, you get you get to it through a um, a browser called the Onion Router. Uh, so it's tall for short, um, and then you don't. It's not a um, doesn't end in like a dot com or dot com dot au. It ends in dot onion, and it's it's a um, it's a very very unique place, um, and it's it can be dangerous, uh, but not not dangerous how perhaps how the movies might make it to be. Out. It's just it's difficult to navigate around. You don't really know who you're talking to, and 
Um, and so, like anything, you just wouldn't disclose any kind of information and, um, and, and just be careful that, of the sites you do visit. But it, it has a place. Um, it did. It was initially started out for good, um, but, yeah, has been hijacked, so to speak. And now is, again, when, when the cyber criminals um, have the information because it is that anonymous place, that's where they'll make it available and that is where you can go to discuss with them, uh, negotiate the ransom, whatever it um, may be occurring. But unfortunately, that is the um, where you do need to go. So it's um, it's worth getting familiar with. Um, but again, I would I would tiptoe in before you um, before you start um, exploring around too much. Yeah, I'd definitely be tiptoeing at this point in time. I think, <laughs> but I'm sure you've been there, so you've experienced it. And it sounds like there's another lot of uh, negotiating and, and finding out that you can use that um, as well. So yeah, it's 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 still a tool, right? Um, it's just knowing how to use it. Mm. Yeah, it's basically where the cyber criminals conduct their business. So it's um, yeah. you just you go yeah, so- there and it's. It's they, they they behave very much like a uh, like an enterprise would. Yeah. Um. So you can so when you're negotiating ransom, it's they've got they're, they're sort of big business. And I sort of use that in air quotes. Um. You know, depending on sometimes they um. So we negotiate on behalf of a client um who was in the attack. They weren't the the firm. Um. But their their information was in there, and so we negotiated with the attacker uh, to just simply remove that that one person's information from the from the leaked data set um which um again and they it's always um nerve-wracking when you're transferring funds to a, a criminal but this person really wanted their information not in the data set and um you know thankfully the attacker did remove that data but yeah so it is it's it's all it is a very um unique experience to go and um to yeah. deal with them but um, depending on on the group and what it is that they're after, um, it sometimes is is fruitful and sometimes it isn't. So, um, like anything, is always a risk. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds um, sounds like you're you're in the right spot to be organising it, Tyler. Because um, yeah, that would be a bit scary for me. I think. <laughs> hey, Still yeah, scary for me. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. Yeah, nothing like that would be easy at all. Like you know, and we're talking money and ransom, and you know, there's the nasty boys are in there. You know, trying to make it tough for everyone, which um, we don't like. So yeah, glad you're out there helping. It's really good. Um, listen, why? So we're talking. We're coming back to practice conversations. You know, because we we love talking to our practice um, industry uh, people out there. And um, so why why is protecting your practice really important for that practice growth and putting all those pieces in place that you talked about earlier? Um, why is it important? I think it's a, it's a sign of the times that uh, we're now fully digital um, and so we've got access to information anywhere, anytime, which is, which is great for efficiencies. Um, but we need to make sure that we're being really diligent on this front because we're still the custodians of the data for clients. Um, and when we take our cybersecurity defences seriously, we're saying to the clients we take responsibility of this data very seriously. And I think that's what clients ultimately want to know is that um, are you doing everything that you can for my data? And if if they know that they're getting those answers to that, if something were to happen, they might be able to deal with it a little easier than if, you had no defences in place and, and well, now we'll, we'll adjust. So it's really about making sure that you're keeping, uh, you know, your your role as, as again, the custodian of that data intact and taking it very seriously. Um, you know, there's, there's real risks that we need to navigate as well. So from an internal practice point of view, you want to make sure that your, your, your information is safe and there's nothing, um, nothing untoward going on in there. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, 
a really important component to it and it's and it doesn't have to be really sophisticated again i think some people think oh i've got to um, invest you know tens of thousands of dollars but it's really about just getting the answers from your providers really easy um, to get some information and again just getting that momentum going but if you get that and you can provide those facts to your clients, um, I think you've, you've shown them that you're being progressive in a pretty dynamic area. Yeah, and I think it really falls into that ethical bucket, doesn't it, really, when it comes to it? Just making sure that you've got all the protection that you can in place to protect your clients. It's a pretty cool spot. Yeah, and it's, I think it's really important that you have those in place because um, you may have a, a bigger client approach a practice and, and they may request um, details of your cybersecurity governance yeah. policies mm-hmm. and, and practices, those sorts of things. So being able to provide those um, or at least part of them uh, depending on the IP um, you know you're, you're again you're putting yourself on the ahead of the curve which is um, important for, for for gaining work but also important that if something does happen you've got this plan ready to go yeah plan for success it's good um, listen thank you so much Tyler this has been great I loved um, hearing about a bit more about the security sort of side of things for practice um, and our you know cyber stories as well hearing about the dark web was um, interesting for me as well <laughs> um, how, how can practices get in touch with you Tyler if they want to know more uh, yep so personally I'm, I'm pretty active on, on LinkedIn um, otherwise they can go to uh, our website cyberwise.tech and um, and reach out to us there um, but yeah, always, always around and always, always happy to help. Thank you. That sounds great. Listen, I've got one more question for you before you leave, um, because um, we always ask this question to our podcast uh, people that come on, because we do a little bit of fiscal therapy, and I think because you're into cyber security and all that sort of stuff, you probably need some fiscal therapy, right? So. <laughs> Of course. Um, of course. So this is a question. I just want you to take a big deep breath, lie back on your virtual couch and have a think for a nervous. minute. Yeah. No, you're very nervous. Yeah. Don't be nervous. It's not, a, it's not a bad question. It's a good question. So tell me in just a few words, what is the sweet secret to your success, Tyler? Oh, geez. <laughs> it's deep, isn't I don't really it? consider myself successful. So um, I, I, I don't know. That's a... Um, that's the super good question. Not something I really thought about. Look, I'm I'm probably I'm a bookworm, so um, I'm I've got my head in a book um, most nights as much as I can. So I spend my day in front of a computer, but night times not. So I'm going to say it's getting near, getting away from the screens and and um, and reading some words on a page. Oh, nice! I like that. I love books too. I love them sitting on the shelf, and I like actually picking one up and going on a holiday and reading one as well. Every now and then, that's when I get time to. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I'm. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the Kindles and now I just I just don't get any enjoyment from reading a book that way. So yeah, um, yeah cool. I'm old school in regards to that. Old school. That's a fun, That's a good thing. I think books are lovely. Hey, Tyler, thanks so much for joining me on Fiscal Therapy today. It's been a pleasure having you here, and uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. No worries. Thanks, Jodie. It's been great. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to Fiscal Therapy with Jodie Sitters, powered by MYOB. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing more fiscal therapy with you next time.